0: Let's go. Set it up. Top of the show. Form, check form. Cover down.
1: Do it again. Run it back.
0: And we'll see you at the show.
2: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the very first episode of On a Water Break.
1: Yay!
2: (laughs)
3: We're doing it.
1: We're doing it. I can't believe it. It's
2: amazing. <laughs> it's so much fun. Oh, no. uh, We have really big plans about what we would like to talk about on all of our water breaks this season. It is a podcast about everything in the marching arts. You name it, we are probably already planning on talking about it. So there's just so much stuff we want to talk about with you guys. This is going to be super chill. So all of you who are here, we're just going to chat together and uh, all of our listeners, we're going to have ways to include you guys as well. I am your host, Jackie Brown. You might know me from a little team called Spintronics Color Guard and Guard Closet. However, like any good team, you won't just be hearing from me. We have an amazing group of panelists who are lined up for you to listen to and chat with. So I'm going to go ahead and do some introductions right now. I'm going to let you guys introduce yourselves. Give me some uh, information about what you guys are doing in the marching arts right now. Let's start with Whitney
4: Hi, everybody. My name is Whitney Stone. I am originally from Silva, North Carolina. I grew up there in the mountains of North Carolina, and um, I grew up doing dance and taking dance and gymnastics and a little bit of cheerleading and then started flute in sixth grade, played flute all the way through high school, started color guard as a sophomore in high school, and continued my color guard career um, after high school with Carolina Crown, I marched there for five years. I marched at the Study Independent World for two years, one year with First Flight, and uh, two years with the Pride of Cincinnati, and one year with Zydeco. I moved to the Midwest, Indianapolis in 2006, and lived there for almost nine years. And then Heather, my uh, now wife, and I moved down here to Austin, Texas in 2015, to get uh, better jobs. And we've been directing High School Color Guard since 2015. And we also teach Origins Independent Open and World Guard. We um, have two dogs and two cats. And I also have a ball python. I love animals and yeah that's pretty much it. <laughs> Whitney I have to say I so we met in was it
2: 2019 I think it was at WGI Con yes and I just remember seeing you and being like oh my gosh that's Whitney she's awesome <laughs> so it's so great um so what about you Christopher?
5: So hi guys uh I'm uh I am living in Southern California in the Rancho Cucamonga area yes that is a real place in Southern California um my heritage, I uh, Grew up in Hershey, Pennsylvania. I marched with the cadets from 1996, 98 Uh I performed with Carolina Crown for the last two weeks of the 1999 season. That's a whole other story for a whole other time. Um, was a part of the original cast of Blast, uh, which took us through uh London, Broadway, a couple national tours, Epcot, uh, California Disney's California adventure. Had a great time with that, and uh been uh, currently out here in California. I'm a school services representative for music and arts so I help uh, help schools around the area with, uh, with their musical instrument needs. Uh, and also I'm a judge for the California State Band Championship as well for uh, the Southern Cal- uh, Southern California Percussion Alliance as well as uh, WGI. So really excited to be here. really excited to talk with all you fine people about this incredible activity that we love so much.
2: Yeah, Chris, I was so excited whenever Jeremy said he's got you on board and you were coming to the podcast because I think you're just going to bring such a unique perspective to everything that we're talking about. I hope so. (laughs) We also have Beth on board. Beth, why don't you tell us about yourself?
1: So hi, everybody. First of all, I'm super excited to be here. My name is Beth Bacone. I am currently the sales and marketing director for Peak Group Travel. And we do performance tours for bands, choirs, orchestras, marching bands, parades, wherever you want to go. And um, I, I started in marching band way back when I was in you know, seventh grade. And my junior high director said we could be in band. And I said, wow. And it just took off from there. I, I've been in love with the, the activity ever since. I marched in junior high, high school, and then I got to college. I went to Westchester University in Westchester, Pennsylvania, which is down the street from where I grew up. And I learned so much there about leadership and about musicianship and this activity that we all love. I grew up to be involved as a festival director. So I've run uh, festival competitions for bands and choirs and orchestras. And then now I'm I'm running logistics for a lot of different tours. I've got about 20 tours of my own I'm doing in the spring. Uh, so I'm very familiar with how bands move and what they need and what they don't need. Uh, as well as running, I also help to run and do the logistics for summer marching band camps here on the East Coast with Vavachi Productions. So I'm involved with planning and coordinating, teaching future future uh, guard members, future band members, college members, core members. Um, I'm really excited to be part of the Marching Arts in the summer, as well as um, the lead coordinator for the Collegiate Marching Band Festival here in Allentown, Pennsylvania every fall, which is kind of an iconic 20 band experience that that local bands on the on the up and down the east coast participate in and it's one of the highlights of my year. I'm very proud to be part of that activity and it's a it's just wonderful. I'm just really excited to be part of this podcast and to be able to talk about things from my side and what it looks like on the logistics side of things and and I'm just a, I'm a I'm a fan. I'm a band fan. I'm a core fan so I just enjoy it.
2: I am so excited you're here too Beth. I know we got to meet on our previous show on secrets. And whenever Jeremy brought you back, I was like, oh, cool. We can, we, I feel like all of us really can learn so much from each other. And I think that your involvement in sort of the administrative side of things is going to be very, very educational, not just for our listeners, but for everybody here. This is just awesome to be able to see these kind of things.
1: I'm, I'm excited and proud to be doing it. Thanks for having me.
2: All right. And our fourth panelist here today is Tom, Tom, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
0: Hello. Hi. Um, thanks for having me. Um, I, I'm originally from New Hampshire, you know, the beautiful state of New Hampshire. I got tired of the snow, so I moved to California uh, where it's always sunny and, and happy. Um, uh, I live in Los Osos, California, which is right along the coast. It's about back that middle of California. The average weather is about 70 degrees all year round, so I, I can't complain about that. Um. I got involved in this activity in 1984. Yeah, I'm old, uh, and, and I aged out in 1995 with the Boston Crusaders. I went back to to help them make finals for the first time in 1999 on Drum Staff, which was so exciting. Uh, and then to see where they are today is is even more exciting. Wow, what a what a growth that course had. I, anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm endorsed by by Pearl Percussion and Innovative Drumsticks, and uh, uh, I'm a judge here in California, the CCGC and the the PAC circuit as well. Um, I judge both sides, percussion and color guard, which is a lot of fun. Um, and uh, I'm a professional disc golfer. Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> Wait, like you get paid to do it? Well, uh, most of the time I pay to do it, but <laughs> sometimes <laughs> I do win. Um, I, I do have some local sponsors. I accredit my success to... It to the activity to drum corps the 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 uh discipline to practice and all those act things you know learning how to move your body and all that uh i started about three years ago when i was diagnosed with cancer um i was diagnosed with uh cancer since then um i've had brain cancer and now i have stomach cancer um i've been staged uh stage four now and um i i, I really the thing that keeps me going is the marching activity and disc golf those two things really have such a positive effect on my attitude and what I do every day that just keeps me going strong. So um, I'm excited about this podcast and uh, talking with all of you and and informing and educating many more people as well. Yeah. So thank you.
2: Thank you so much, Tom. I'm so glad you're here too. I'm glad that we can be part of that motivation for you to keep pushing through. So Everybody, why are we here? This isn't just something that like we decided to go off on a whim and like, oh well, let's just start a podcast. There's been a lot of conversation going on building up to this.
1: So what are your guys' motivations? I was told there would be snacks.
2: <gasps> someone <laughs> lied to you. <laughs> I know.
1: I, I feel I feel like I've been duped. No, I but I, I think that uh you know, I, I know for me being here is just it's staying connected, right? You know, we we are we're fans, or we're maybe we're we're teaching and instructors. But like for me, especially because I'm not actually actively teaching per se with the students, this is a great way for me to stay connected and involved in what's going on now, what's current, what you know, what are maybe some upcoming trends that we're going to learn about as we do the podcast. But I think you know, for me, it's just just being connected with everybody. And you know, Jeremy has a kind of a way of um, getting you. And he gets his hooks in you and you can't get out really very easily i don't so, understand that at all i know right he's not that not like that at all but you know for that, don't
6: you know, talk about me like i'm not here
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know so it was definitely something worth doing and you know I, I i'm a band geek that's that's let's just put it as a plain simple right that's what i am i'm a band geek everybody that knows me knows that and you know, if I can have an opportunity to talk about it, you know, and you're giving me a platform and a microphone, it's almost dangerous. so you know I'm just happy to be with people like-minded people and we can all chat and hopefully hopefully you know move the activity forward a little bit for maybe a couple of people that are listening to us and want to learn a couple different things. I, I love being part of that. It's just it's really exciting.
2: For everybody who doesn't know Jeremy, he is the uh, the owner of guardcloset.com and one of our our production person here. <laughs>
0: It's nice to finally meet the person my band gives a lot of money to.
6: <laughs> I appreciate you, and I appreciate I appreciate you. I appreciate all of you, and I'm yeah, going to stay off the microphone to- in this one. I'm just staying in the background, unless you, unless Beth has something to say, and I need to respond. Then I'm going to have my little button, and I'm going to respond. Okay.
1: He does have the power of the mute.
5: Yeah, to pick it back off what Beth was saying, like I'm, I, I jumped on this podcast too because. I'm just, I just love the marching arts activity. I love HBCU bands. I love the small bands. I love big bands. I love drum corps, guard, Drumline, the whole thing, just to see, and especially to see you know, the, prog- the progress of the activity um, from, uh, from when I marched back in the 90s to what it is now. It's just amazing to see uh, how everything has evolved.
1: Yeah, I, I I'm with you, Chris. Like you know, because I marched before you, <clears throat> and that was more like the the late '80s, early '90s. And you know, it, it, to see the difference, I, I said the other day, it's kind of crazy how you know there's there's all kinds of movement. You know, the whole the, the whole ensemble's doing the movement. It's not just just the guard. It's not just percussion. It's everybody. And I don't know. I don't know if I could have done it. I don't know if I could have done, <laughs> done it. But it, it's just it's amazing to see what quarters and, and bands are doing today. And like you said, big or small, it doesn't seem to. They're all, they're all fascinating to me. I love, just love it.
0: Yeah. The fact that tickets are still below $50 for what these kids do is amazing. You know, people should should not complain.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think for me, seeing it from the perspective of someone who's been through so many different things and seeing everybody's perspectives, like one of the cool things about being a band nerd is that, Band nerd dumb keeps going and keeps growing. So, like, if you're really excited about high school band when you're in high school band, that's just one aspect of it. Then, when you get into winter guard and winter percussion and, you know, indoor winds, like, you get really excited about those things. And then maybe you get to go to WGI, maybe you get to go see DCI, maybe you get to see all of the different ways that people put marching bands on the field. And I think one of my reasons, really, for wanting to have a podcast and put that out there is so these younger generations can kind of see that. Marching band does not fit into a box. There's so many different ways that you can do it, and it doesn't, it, it can be parades, it can be camps, it can be field performances, it can be anything. It, it's that's kind of like the beauty of it is it's whatever you can creatively dream up for it to be. What about you, Whitney?
4: I am really excited to be on this podcast. I love podcasts, I love listening to them. I am. Uh, really obsessed with true crime podcasts, as I think many people are, and also love to listen to other marching podcasts as well. So I'm just really excited to be a part of this and get to know people and um, interview people from all over the place and just share our love of the the pageantry arts with everybody.
2: Maybe we need to start a true band crime podcast, too
0: oh my god
1: (laughs) like who burned down the band trailer when i was in high school that one like
0: oh gosh that's a whole can of worms that's it is i'm telling you we could have a whole bunch conspiracy madness yes (laughs) who
2: got into the percussion closet and busted all the drum heads oh oh my god all right guys well it is time to start rehearsals so let's get it going
6: Water Break is teaming up with Style Plus, Guard Closet, and Marching Arts Education to do some great giveaways this winter. The first is two $500 scholarships to two performers in an independent percussion, wins, or color guard competing in WGI this winter. That's right, one for a guard person and one for a wins or percussion individual. If that's not amazing enough, we will also be awarding to two groups a set of 20 Style Plus Performance Tops or a set of 20 unitards. One set of unitards for the winning color guard and one set of performance tops to a wins or percussion group. Check out more information about this opportunity on our website at onawaterbreak.com. Everyone that registers will receive a free month of service from Marching Arts Education and all their amazing educational offerings. The winners will also be invited to be panelists on our podcast throughout the winter season. You'll tell us about your experiences as a performer and your insights into what's happening in the marching arts. Again, check out our website at onawaterbreak.com for information about applying for these opportunities.
2: Okay, kids, take 10. Make sure you go over the music for the next chunk and color guard, retape those flags. Now's the time in rehearsal when we solve everyone's issues, or at least we try to. We are marching band staff, not miracle workers. So let's get going. Today, the uh, guest clinicians that I have with me are some awesome friends of mine. One new, one who I've known for a very long time. I'm going to start with you, Trevor Bailey.
7: Hello, my name is Trevor Bailey. I'm the Assistant Director of Athletic Bands at Western Carolina University, located in Culloway, North Carolina. Serving as my second year here with the the Mountains Marching Band. Um, I also have experience of marching drum corps. I've marched a couple years with the Troopers. I'm in the early 2000s. I've also taught there for several years. I've also served on brass staff or uh, drum corps, like the Cadets, uh, Phantom Regiment, Cavaliers, and currently serving on uh, on my second year Uh, with the mandarin strumming bugle corps as a the low brass coordinator so it's really great to be here on this amazing podcast on the water break and i encourage everyone to listen and to join and to be open to uh submitting your questions it's going to be a great um, um experience and i'm and i'm honored to be joined by some really great educators and and great band folks from around the country. If
2: you follow Spintronics Guard on any of our social media, there's a pretty good chance you know our next guest because he has been designing for the Spintronics Winter Guard since 2016. Please welcome Justin Surface
8: oh hey there everyone uh justin surface here um many of you might know me if you're joining from the spintronics fan club uh designer um choreographer over there i do a lot of judging and a lot of just helping everyone out these days don't really have a place of my own right now but just helping everyone where i can um coming here from orlando florida um and yeah i'm excited to help everyone out answer these questions and just you know take this work and go all right
2: so we have had some listeners who have submitted questions to us thanks to all of our posting on social media about this show and i want to go ahead and get into some of their questions so we can help out now uh the first one is student leaders what are some pros and cons of having student leaders in your group Trevor, why don't you start us off?
7: Yeah, why not? Let's just jump right in there. I think uh, student leaders are a, a great resource uh, for helping to build a culture in, in, in your program um, in your band program or guard program. Um, I think we always have to consider about the training that they're that they're giving and 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 how they're set up for success going into those roles. But I think they're absolutely uh, necessary in making kind of like the train run on time. We've always heard that expression, it, it's, it's your program. Um, you have to take ownership of your program. Is your band. Is your color guard. Um, and the easiest way to kind of show that is to insert those uh, student leaders into um, your program and to help them um, by helping them and showing them how to build a culture uh, that you want um, in your program. So I think that it's a really great thing.
8: Yeah, I'd have to agree. I mean, of course, uh, you know, you want to, um, instill some responsibility into your students, um, make them a part of the program and make them feel like they actually have, um, you know, a, a, a say, um, personally though, um, I don't, like or do section leaders or that sort of a thing um when i'm doing uh when i'm in charge of guards or um groups and that sort of thing i don't actually do full out like this is a section leader this is a co-leader this is that i think it creates um too much of um uh, a hierarchy that's not there in a group that doesn't need to be there in a group um i prefer to do the method of like if i see if i've got a really great you know sophomore who is uh leading the charge and people are and the other students are like uh listening and you know responding well to them i give that sophomore the responsibility if it's someone i can trust then that's who i'm going to put that responsibility on um So you know, there's there's that leadership that I go with, but in terms of you know like creating a hierarchy within the students, I I I think that's definitely not the way to go about it with student leadership. Um, Personally, um, I just think you know, um, especially in high schoolers, there's just all that uh, drama that can occur when that wrong student, (laughs) uh, you know that was you know that's what i think
7: <laughs> yeah yeah justin i'm i'm interested um i i really like the justification I, maybe i'm just interested on like a different side of it um what do you think about um or how do you thread that needle between it not seeming like a a hierarchy like as you described but like how the students know or the, the people or the members in your Ensemble know to follow that like chain of command, so you're like not bombarded with every like single uh, thing that 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 comes up in like the program that maybe could be handled from like the um, internal student leadership. Can you tell me like how you would thread that needle, or how have you?
8: Yeah, absolutely, Trevor. The way that uh, I usually thread that needle is I just set the expectations at the beginning that everyone is responsible for everything um but then i still go but uh, but i always follow that with them like you are all responsible and should know everything but if you don't there are people who have been in this group longer than you go to them first if they don't know they'll go to someone else and eventually if it needs to get to me they will come to me um but trust your fellow members here who have been doing this longer than you have or um and they'll typically know how things need to go or what I expect from them, at least from my um, teaching, I just always set that expectation with my students, at least that, you know, you are all equals and I'm going to treat you all equals. I'm also going to equally expect all of you to be responsible um and then that just kind of breeds this culture at least i've found it kind of breeds this culture of okay if we take care of each other and we don't ever have to bring anything over to justin then he's happy and then then we're happy because everyone's happy
7: <laughs> <laughs> i i love that oh i I love i love that I, maybe maybe based on size of groups too it, you you may be in a position so like it at and the college band i i have the privilege of teaching is 400 plus people so you know there are a lot of moving parts so that that structure and chain of command is is kind of crucial um mm-hmm. uh, for our particular organization but i could see that it could it, it could um, you know for different strokes different folks um mm-hmm. i guess jackie have you had, have any experience like with this or some feedback kind of help maybe break the tile a little bit
2: Well, I don't know how helpful I'll be in breaking the tie, but we at Spintronics, it depends from one year to the next, just on the dynamic of the group, what the members that we have are like, you know, if we have members who have really strong leadership qualities and we have, um, a lot of other members who kind of look up to them and, you know, naturally it falls into that. We will definitely like choose that person as a leader, but a lot of the season's over the past you know, 12 years that we've been doing this, we've just had a really good dynamic of like rookies and then vets and then staff. And so like we've kind of used that chain of command. But like I said, it just kind of depends from one year to the next on what the dynamics of the group are. So it's always a little bit uh, different depending on that. And we've had some really, really strong captains. And then we've had some years where Uh, We were like, well, it probably would have been better if we just hadn't named a captain this year. And then there were years where we didn't name a captain. And it was like, man, if we had just named these like this one or two people as captains, it would have resolved a lot of the conflict that came from the responsibility, you know, not being placed in the right position or, you know, the expectation being there of them doing the captain's duty. So it really depends from one year to the next. And you have to have a really good handle of understanding the personalities of your vets in order to continually get a good result out of having or not having leadership. I think if you have a good leadership training program built in, that's definitely going to help you in the long run because then you're teaching people how to be leaders. And once you're teaching people how to be leaders, then you can run with it. Then you can have a leader every single season. Okay, let's go on to listener question number two. This one's controversial. Should I let my performers listen to a judge's tape? Personally, I will listen to all of my judge's tapes and then decide if the tape is appropriate for my students to listen to or not. Because sometimes they can get something out of it and sometimes they can't. It just depends on how the judge created the tape, if you ask me.
8: Um, as a judge myself, I'm happy to hear that you say that you listen to them first. My tapes are not for your kids um my tapes are for you and your staff to let you know what i'm seeing in that moment um and how you can better them now um if i am told ahead of time that i need to make a tape that's more geared towards you know that this is a area where a lot of groups like to have tapes for their kids to be able to listen then sure i'm gonna switch my gears i'll you know throw in some verbiage and try to make it so that your kids can understand too but i know for me personally when i judge i'm there to help uh i i take it as i'm there to help the design team i'm there to help the creative team because the tools that the kids need should be coming from you as an instructor in my philosophy and the way I think of things. Um, So when I'm judging, I'm there to help you see the things that maybe you've been staring at for months now and just haven't noticed. And I'm there to kind of help you out with that.
7: I I like to, when I'm building my tapes uh, or I'm working as a judge, adjudicator, um, I assume that everyone's going to listen to it. Like I just, I maybe I I haven't been burned or anything like that like in the past, we're giving any like, you know, weird comments or off the rail comments. I just assume that it is, it's for educational use, educational for designers, directors, students. Um, So I'll do like a little mitts, you know, uh, Justin, I like how you say you wanna help the design team and things like that. But I, I, I tend to stay away from like the effect panel. I like to just like music ensemble, music performance, Um, maybe visual ensemble. Uh, I usually try to stay away from the fat captions, not that I don't feel comfortable doing it, but I think more educational tapes can be made um, when you're judging um, in those certain captions and then students are able to listen to it. Now I also agree with Jackie. I will screen the tapes before I let anybody listen listen to them. Uh, You know, this is, you know, whether it's my own group, um, we do it all the time, um, at the Mandarin Strumming Bugle Corps, you know, we'll listen to the tape, like, oh, that's a good one. And that's a really good judge who knows, he or she, they, they know what they're talking about. Um, let me go ahead and let me get that one to like the guard bus. So let me give that one to like the, bus, to, like, the br- brass bus or percussion bus. Uh, so we, as a staff kind of hand those out, um, during the summer months while we're teaching drum corps, but, um, yeah, it, it's always a great thing for them to hear, hear, hear someone else's voice, sometimes saying the same thing. Um, and I think it's 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 really awesome to allow your students to listen to those takes.
2: Next up is Text a Friend. This is the part of the podcast where we have 30 seconds to try to get a friend of ours to answer a question. We don't know what the question is. Jeremy is gonna read it to us. So, those of you who don't know, Jeremy is our producer and he is backstage. He's also the owner of Guard Closet. And uh Yeah, he's going to read us a question and bonus points if we can actually call and get our person on the phone. So get your phones out. Just so you know, I'm totally not prepared for this and all of my friends are currently in rehearsal. (laughs) So I've been like texting friends trying to find someone who is not currently in a rehearsal right now. And uh, yeah, Jeremy's going to read it off.
6: Well, everyone, it's Jeremy and I am here to read the question. I hope you all have your text-a-friend ready. First person to let us know the answer um, to this question and who the person is answering this question uh, will be the winner. And bonus points, again, if you can get them on the phone. You will be given a total of 30 seconds to try and get the answer. (laughs) Upon reading the answer to the question, upon reading the question, your time will begin. Are we ready? Okay. Um, Very simple question Where was the first DCI finals Held Go and this is just sort of our temporary music. We might change it. You all out there can let us know if this is like the right kind of vibe for this. For this, text a friend while the while the hosts are out there trying to get their um, people to answer the question. Who's going to answer first? Um, does anybody have their
7: first thought of who they're getting? Like, does anyone know where they're going? <laughs> I'm trying. I have a I have a couple of friends. I just sent the two. We'll see if anybody responds.
8: Yeah, I'm getting no responses. <laughs> <laughs>
7: Jackie's. Everybody still in rehearsal.
2: Yeah, I'm texting my friends now who like are not in charge of groups or teaching <laughs> groups right now. So hopefully one of them responds.
6: <laughs> Where was the first DCI finals held? Do any of you know? Do any-
7: I, I believe I know.
2: Oh yes, I absolutely know.
7: Yeah, but I just want to You believe you know if these? Is these amazing colleagues and friends of mine actually know too? <laughs>
6: <laughs> and so you're really actually yeah. testing them. Absolutely. Uh, no,
8: I'm not getting any answers.
7: <sighs> I, I I have an answer, but I'm not sure if it's correct. Oh, uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. Well, first off, tell us who it, who it is that you have as an answer. Uh, the the person that I asked was the director of athletic bands, my colleague here at Western Carolina, Jack Eady. Uh, so Jack Jack Eady Jr. says that he thinks the answer is quote uh, somewhere in California,
2: California,
7: <laughs> uh, and you think the answer is. I think the answer is Whitewater. Is am I am I right?
6: Whitewater, Michigan. Whitewater, Michigan. No,
7: not yeah. Michigan. Wisconsin.
2: No. Jeremy no. it's Wisconsin. No. No. Wisconsin. Wisconsin.
7: Wisconsin. Wisconsin. <laughs> Wisconsin. You Wisconsin. Wisconsin. You got to do it Wisconsin.
6: Wisconsin. Sorry, Wisconsin. I'm sorry. I had the accent. Wisconsin. All right. Well. Trevor does not get the bonus points, but Trevor does get the tre- – Trevor will take the win this week because um, he, he had the answer even though his text a friend did not. So throwing it back to you, Jackie.
2: Thanks, Jeremy. Oh, yeah, I've performed at Whitewater a couple times and had some groups perform there that I was teaching. And, like, yeah, that's just one of those places. You just do not forget it because it's Whitewater, Wisconsin. Well, let's go ahead and move on to listener question number four. This is our final listener question how do I explain showmanship to my students in as few words as possible so sum it up
7: how how well you can t- the best storyteller wins I don't know like <laughs> i th- i think sports i think showmanship is about storytelling visually musically that's a that's a tough one
0: um,
8: it also i think it would depend on the audience so i'm gonna pretend that i'm with a high school group. And if I were trying to tell them in as few words as possible, um I would say you know what to to explain showmanship to them, I would probably say to them um TikTok performance perform as if you were making a tiktok because that's what they're going to understand and that's really what showmanship is those uh creators on tiktok who are super popular they've got more showmanship than i've ever seen out of some of them uh younger groups there um so yeah if i was talking to some high school kids or whatever i'd be like you know what put on a tiktok performance that's showmanship right there (laughs)
2: You know what, though? Those kids who like spend a lot of time on TikTok and like watch TikToks, they know like a good TikTok performance versus a bad one. They know those ones that just pop off and do really well versus the ones that are like cringy.
6: Unless they're the ones making the TikToks and I've watched them make the TikToks before they learned the word showmanship and now we have a problem. <laughs> the, I
7: think the best way. The best way you could be, uh, uh, as as I'm thinking about it again, you could be the best showman, best performer, whatever. Is that in in the art form, indoor, out outdoor, marching band, drum corps, you have to be vulnerable, right? Like you just you you have to be uninhibited, uninhibited by like everything that's around you. You have to you know tell that story. You have to let the music, you know, kind of take over. You know, you have to kind of create. How does the music make you feel? Does it does it bring any certain type of emotion out of you? And are you willing to just go for it and and and, and, sh- and show uh, your your skill level, your talent, your emotion, your vulnerability to hundreds and thousands of people <laughs> that you don't even know? You know, um, as a performer, it's a really it's a really tough thing to do. Um, but hey, that's why band isn't for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we all know. Uh, but uh truth. <laughs> <Oof>.
2: <laughs> All right. If you want our staff to help you with your next marching arts issue, we have our staff standing by ready to help. Simply send us a voice recording or an email to onawaterbreak at guardcloset.com. Now, everybody get back on the field for the final rehearsal chunk. Ooh, but first we have band parent announcements. Take it away, Cindy.
3: Hey guys, Leander Mama here with this week's Mama Minute, where I spend just a little bit of time talking about my favorite activity in the whole world. Band, what else? This week, I just wanted to share a special story with you guys about the program that is dearest to my heart, the Leander High School Band. Leander's been going through a little bit of a rough transition this past year. They have new directors, some new leadership, And you guys know those things are tough on a band program. And when a band is in a big transition like this one, they especially need support from the band parents and from their booster club. For the last three years, Leander has had an absolute rock star parent running their booster club. And honestly, the program would not have run as smoothly as it does without Miss Stacy Baldwin's loving hand. Sadly, Stacy just recently passed away from cancer. But guys, I got to tell you, her story was never about that disease, but it was all about her love for her own family and her love for the Leander Band. Uh, Stacy was president for over three years, and she remained president this fall, even when she didn't even have a child in the program. Now, that is dedication, and she did all of it while tackling treatment for stage four cancer. And during all that time, Stacy truly was never known to complain about her illness or her treatments. She exuded strength and energy when truly most of us would have just laid down and said enough already. And in her own words, Stacy said that she just wanted her kids to remember her as willing to do anything for them. And I'm sure that extended to her Leander Band kids as well. And she truly did give everything to that program when Stacy recently decided to no longer pursue treatment for her cancer, the Leander Band gathered in front of her home and basically held a pep rally on her front lawn. They played the fight song and the school song and all of those stand tunes that I'm sure Stacy had heard a million times over the years. And those kids gave her one final Leander Band concert to honor her in the best way they knew how. I know it must have been quite the sight for the neighborhood to see an entire marching band in Stacy's front yard. And this is what marching band is all about, my friends. It's about hard work and parent support and love for one another. And I really hope that every band out there has a booster club president that loves them as much as Stacy Baldwin loved the Leander Band. Stay tuned for more Mama Minutes on future podcasts where I get to talk about all things band-related. And good luck on your run this week, everyone.
2: All right, it is time for quick chunks with our gush and goes. This is the time of rehearsal where our staff get to gush-and-go on for 30 seconds about anything they want to having to do
4: with the marching arts. Let's go! I am so excited. We just announced that Round Rock is going to London Band Week in 2024. And I'm, I've am i never been overseas, so super pumped for that trip and excited to start planning and see what we can make happen for the Color Guard. That should be
2: super fun. It's amazing to get to take bands to other countries and see what their band culture is like. Oh, my gosh.
1: Oh, for sure. Well, I'm obviously a proponent for that because I work in group travel and I think travel is the best opportunity for bands to get more exposure, see other things, see how their bands not and feel less alone. I think a lot of us feel like when we're traveling or when we're in band that like we only do it in our area and we only know what's in our area. And when you get to travel, especially internationally, it opens everything up and you realize how big this activity actually can be. It's it's a super, super awesome opportunity for you. That's exciting, Whitney. Well I I want to say I'm going to gush and go about the fact that I have witnessed now the resilience in the students after COVID and the programs that have come bou- bounced back after ob- all of the obstacles over the last 2 years it has been amazing to see the kinds of programs that, that that schools are able to put out right now with a lack of fundraising that's happened over the last few years with loss of staff loss of students programs that got decimated and feeder programs that got decimated by kids that couldn't learn maybe in person and seeing these these groups not only not only do do okay or put a show out there, they're thriving and they're doing well. And they're absolutely they're getting more people even excited about Band Again in their 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 communities and in their schools. And it's it's been really heartwarming and really exciting to see. Chris, do you want to gush about something real quick?
5: Oh my gosh, I do. Did you did we all get to watch the University of Michigan marching band perform this past weekend? Well if you didn't they, uh, so University of Michigan Marching Band is, uh, uh, is celebrating their 125th year uh, of, of performance. And this for, their, for this anniversary, they teamed up with uh, nine-time Grammy and Pulitzer Prize winner Wynton Marcellus and the Jazz at Lincoln Center Orchestra to perform a, um, a New Orleans-themed show in the University of Michigan uh, Stadium. Uh, They did uh, they collaborated together and they the University of Michigan team wrote some uh, wrote out some arrangements to some charts that uh, Winton and his team brought in. So they did like feeling good and sing, sing, sing. And uh, uh, then they also did a funeral march called Have Thine Own Way, Lord. And then they ended up with When the Saints Go Marching In. And, you know, University of Michigan always does really cool stuff when they did the light up show a few years ago. um, And uh, it was just really great to see the mix between the jazz idiom and the marching idiom coming together and kudos to the, uh, to the professionals on the field playing in that cold Michigan weather. Um, after teaching Plymouth Canton uh, years ago, I can definitely tell you it's cold in Michigan right now.
2: Well, go blue. <laughs>
5: yeah.
2: uh, Tom, you got something to gush about?
0: I sure do. My high school group is uh, fall show is thank you for flying. It's a hilarious production about riding on an airplane. Uh, uh, everything from you know your your bad in-flight movie to to turbulence and uh, thanking the pilot on the way off the flight. Um, it's a lot of fun. Uh, we're looking forward to it. My my go is unfortunately we're only doing four shows this year, uh, so we only have two performances left, um, which is really unfortunate. It's been a lot of fun working on this show this year. So that's that's what I've got.
2: It's great though that so many bands can come back, even though it's you know that sort of stunted uh season like it's maybe it's a shorter season maybe it's a little easier season but i think that it's such a great thing when we can pull back a little bit and allow our students to kind of thrive in that environment so honestly kudos to you for doing that with your with your uh program too
0: yes thank you it's only our 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 second year back after the pandemic and it's it's been a growing experience again really starting from scratch like a lot of creativity yeah a lot of
1: directors have become very creative and how they've been able to put shows on with maybe different numbers, different, different orchestrations and stuff. It's been really, it's amazing. It's truly remarkable, you know, especially for those of us that aren't teachers to see that and see what they've been able to do. It's, it's awesome. You guys are all great.
2: All right, let's get back to rehearsal. We've got one more chunk to do.
6: On a Water Break is teaming up with Style Plus, Guard Closet, and Marching Arts Education to do some great giveaways this winter. The first is two $500 scholarships to two performers in an independent percussion, wins, or color guard competing in WGI this winter. That's right, one for a guard person and one for a wins or percussion individual. If that's not amazing enough, we will also be awarding to two groups a set of 20 Style Plus Performance Tops or a set of 20 Unitards. One set of Unitards for the winning color guard and one set of Performance Tops to a wins or percussion group. Check out more information about this opportunity on our website at onawaterbreak.com. Everyone that registers will receive a free month of service from Marching Arts Education and all their amazing educational offerings. The winners will also be invited to be panelists on our podcast throughout the winter season. You'll tell us about your experiences as a performer and your insights into what's happening in the marching arts. Again, check out our website at onawaterbreak.com for information about applying for these opportunities.
2: That was a great final rehearsal chunk, you guys. Okay, everybody take a breather. Gather around for band announcements. This is the part of the show where we are going to give you news and information from all over the marching activity. Up first is Whitney with our first story.
4: Uh, Tarpon Springs recently loaded up their entire semi-truck and delivered needed items to survivors of the Ian Hurricane. And I know that they are trying to organize a second Delivery, but I think that's just so awesome that they used their own resources to deliver generators and needed supplies to those that are struggling after Ian. I know it decimated parts of um, Florida, and that's just so cool to see somebody use their own semi truck like that and organize that and help others.
0: Yeah, they get featured all around.
4: I
2: think that's such a testament to the band family that we have across our whole community. We're here to take care of each other.
1: We really yeah. are. And I think that we're, we, it's, it's like a built-in built-in assembly line too. I mean, you've got, you know, what, 85 kids, maybe, even if you have 25 kids, you've got a group of people that can, you know, mobilize and help facilitate, you know, helping others. It's just, it, it, it also endears the band to the community and sometimes, you know, little, they're not that they're in it for that, but sometimes it's it's a happy byproduct, you know, that when they see music organizations doing those kinds of things, it really um, impacts the community and maybe they'll be more inclined to, you know, participate as an audience member at a future show for the band, you know, when they know that kind of activity happens.
5: Yeah, I, I think it's incredible too, like that that these groups that have the the uh the equipment like they have the semis and they have the manpower to to just come in and roll the roll the semi in and do what they can to help um i know that when uh, out here on the west coast when the the drum lines start to head east to dayton that uh several schools will pile all their equipment into one semi to help each other out with help so that we're not taking 17 semis across the united states so it's really great to see what tarpon's doing yeah that's well,
7: fantastic
4: I think what also is really special is that this band is so competitive, and I know that they have a very busy season and a very busy schedule. So for them to find time and and take time out of their own schedule and organize this is really outstanding. That's a great
1: point, Whitney. You know, there was a lot of time involved in that that they took away from their own rehearsals. So that's pretty cool. Beth, you have our next story. So yeah, so every year um, the HBCU, the Historically Black Colleges and Universities, get together for a week, and this year they did it for the first time in Disney, uh, down in Walt Disney World in Florida, and they had a Battle of the Bands. And I don't know if you've ever seen an HBCU band, but oh my gosh, it is amazing. So they had Alcorn State, Delaware State, North Carolina A&T, and Winston Salem State marching bands, and they were the honorary grand marshals and like parades through the Magic Kingdom. Um, and then they had their, their uh, battle of the bands um, that was put, put on at the ESPN Wild world of sports complex. So they really got to put on, you know, put their best foot forward and really show the, the, the fans at Disney and at ESPN, you know, what, what it means and what it looks like to be in an HBCU. And I know each year, um, we when we do the the collegiate marching band festival here in Pennsylvania, that um, we a lot of times Morgan State will come up and join us, and it is one of the highlights of the show. the The crowd is just it just feeds off of the energy coming off of that field, and they're just remarkable, and it's so much fun. I'm so so happy that they got that chance to get that kind of exposure in a facility like Disney and you know the ESPN Sports Complex. It's Pretty cool.
2: Oh, I haven't been there before, but has anybody been there? Like, I've heard it's a really awesome, uh, it's an awesome complex it's a, that they built. And they've built it specifically for, like, these kind of events, like, right, like marching bands and indoor guards and cheer teams and gymnastics and stuff like that.
1: Exactly. We do I get a lot of groups there. down there to do that, to participate in certain events that are down there. Have you been there, Whitney?
4: I have not been. I've I've been, I mean, recently we were at that, in that area, but I have not been to the actual complex. But I know Varsity was trying to get WGI to move down there, actually.
1: It's good weather down there. Just saying. That doesn't hurt. <laughs> Not nearly as cold well as me. <laughs> exactly.
2: I would love a good winter guard happening in the summertime. <laughs> uh Chris, you have our next story.
5: Yes. Uh so it's uh this is a bit of a sad story, but at the same time a celebration. So recently uh the marching arts activity lost a legend. Uh, with the passing of Tom Float, uh, the world-renowned uh, percussion in, uh, instructor and writer. Uh, he uh, he died on uh, this past Monday after a courageous battle with, uh, I'm sorry, last week with a courageous battle of uh, cancer. Um, you know, Tom's history is legendary. He was part of the uh, Anaheim Kingsmen, uh, 72 to 74. So he's part of the first DCI World Championship with the Kingsmen. Uh, and you know, he's really kind of, he's remembered for his time with, uh, with, uh, the, uh, Georgia, uh, with uh, the spirit of Atlanta, sorry. And then, uh, going on to the blue devils and with the, all the incredible shows that they did with the blue devils from, uh, from the 78 to 90, I believe. But then also his, all his work that he did with, uh with the Velvet Knights and uh, the Trash Can Trio and FutureCore at uh, the Disneyland and Disney World. Um, you know, And what he was able to do and, and helping out with, with bringing new products to the activity by bringing Tama back and making those drums uh, the real championship qual- quality uh, drums that they are. Um, I had a chance to meet Tom uh, many, many years ago while I was performing at uh, Disney's California Adventure, he was doing Trash Can Trio and uh, the, also the Green Army Patrol, which if you haven't seen Tom float in a, in a, a green, uh, green makeup, it is something to behold because Tom was a very tall guy. So, to see him dressed up in as an army person uh with all the the green uh the green paint it was just incredible so we're we are celebrating him and uh we you know- his wife catherine is uh is uh st- was his partner in crime, writing many of the front ensemble books for so many years so um you know if if uh if we can go out and buy a pair of sticks some float sticks, that would be awesome so long live tom float
4: I did not know You're Tom here. personally but I did see a lot of posts on Facebook about him. So I know that he had a huge reach on, um, in the community and in the percussion world. So I, I wish his family and friends well, and I hope that they can recover quickly from this
5: loss. Yeah. It, being, living in SoCal, the once, uh, once the announcement was made, it really took everyone by surprise. A lot of a lot of my marching friends, a lot of my instructor friends were just uh, that, when I was judging a marching band show that weekend after he passed, it was a pretty somber event. Everyone wasn't in their jovial moods. Everyone was just kind of taking a moment to kind of remember, remember all the greatness that Tom is.
2: I remember his name because actually, that was the year that he was inducted to the DCI Hall of Fame was my rookie year of marching DCI. And so when his name popped back up, I I ended up I, I didn't know him personally. I wasn't in the percussion side of things. But, you know, just seeing his name pop up and going, I remember him. I remember when this happened, because it was it was that point in my life that I remember so well it was great to be able to like go through and see everybody celebrating his life and talking about all of his accomplishments and the fact that we could, you know, just sort of look this information up and and learn about him even after his passing uh, was just, that was really neat to me, I think.
5: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I mean, Tom really invented the the concept and the idea of having a good time and being a high level performer. You don't have to be a soldier and regimental to, to be great at something. He, he really had the concept of, as long as you're having fun, uh, you're, you're possibly doing it the right way.
7: Yep.
2: Well, Tom, do you want to go ahead and tell us about your news story?
0: Yeah, yeah. So with a new year comes a new, new big parade, the Rose Bowl Parade, uh, uh, coming up on January 2nd. It's the 134th, Rose Bowl parade, 134th. Wow, that's a lot. Um, There's a lot of groups uh, from Japan, uh, all over the United States. It's an amazing opportunity to be a part of. Uh, I don't know if you've been part of it or if you have children that are in it or were in it. It, It's such a cool experience. Um, For me growing up, it was always about watching every drum line that came by. I didn't know any of the football teams that have ever played and I still don't. Um, but I can probably tell you a lot of the drum lines that have been in that parade. Uh, so, and that's still the excitement to me. I still watch all the parades for all those reasons. That's what I love about it. Um, so yeah, that's, that's coming up. And there's, there's like 21 groups in it this year, 21. Usually there's only about 15 to 16. This year there's 21. They're adding six more bands this year than they normally do. That's, and that's awesome, giving more opportunity to more groups to, to be on the huge stage, which, which is so exciting, even if it's only for 30 seconds. So good luck to everybody that's, that's involved with that. And the weather obviously will be perfect It's California.
2: Yeah, that SoCal weather is really something, oh my gosh.
1: Yeah, and it's no joke getting those groups to to Anaheim and Pasadena to do the parade. I mean, it is, you know, we had a group actually go there um, January 1st of this year of 22, and they got postponed because of COVID. So they were supposed to go in 21 and couldn't, so they had to go in 22. And I think the Tournament of Roses has decided that, you know, a lot of the groups that suffered that same fate, they're inviting them to come back. And I think that's why we're seeing a little bit, a couple more bands being included this year to kind of invite those groups in. Um, you know, and what's really cool, too, is a lot of those bands are, you know, I mean, they're high school bands. And so some of their 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 folks have graduated and they're incorporating some of their alumni into those part- you know, to be able to participate with the band so that they don't actually miss out on that experience, which is so it's just awesome. It's awesome that the Tournament of Roses acknowledges that and that the bands are incorporating those those students in as well. And it's no joke fundraising for something like that. You know, if you've got a large band, it's that's you're 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 talking some some change, some folding money. You know, that's it can be, especially coming from the East Coast all the way out west, it can be close to a million dollars by the time you're, you know, getting all the uniforms and instruments and the fundraising to get, because you're not going to go to California for a day. You're going to go for, you know, a good week, and so it's a big deal. You're going to go to Disneyland, <laughs>
0: right? Yeah, you're going to Disneyland. Come on, it's you know, so. for bringing that up. Yeah, it's not, it's it's almost a season's worth of of finances just to go for this one experience.
1: Yep. It's a big deal. So, you know, if you ever hear about a group that's fundraising for it, throw them a buck or two, because they need it. They need every dime, every dime. And they are not ashamed to sell anything to get there. (laughs) Well,
2: that was great. We're going to have to go ahead and wrap up our rehearsal for today. So everyone, good luck on your final run this week. We'll see you next time.